All right, so here we are, Dirty Randy and Matt, the owner of Studio 411, and we're here with Beers with Dirty Randy. Ah, all right. So, Matt, I just want to, first of all, for the viewers, I want to explain kind of who Matt is. Matt's my landlord. Uh, Sometimes I pay rent to him, and when I feel like it. And Matt is from St. Louis originally. So Matt grew up a Rams fan, but he also uh, hates the NFL now. And I don't blame him, to be honest. After If the Bills left Buffalo, I'd probably be the exact same way. Uh, so that's your background on Matt really quick. But I want to I just get Matt's uh, unbiased reaction to the game. So Matt, how did you feel about today's game? Dirty Randy. That game was a mess. Uh, I, I say that you know, Josh Allen was great. Josh Allen played well, made some great, uh, great throws. Stephon Diggs was fantastic. Uh, Nost, you're you're out of nowhere tight end. Fuck yeah. Uh, well, no, out of nowhere, Tyler Croft. Or are you talking about Croft? Gabe? Sorry, I'm I'm I'm. He's, he's out of the Bengals. He's been around for a while. He's out of nowhere. Anyway, either way, you bench Knox and you play a. Well, I think Knox was hurt after reviewing the tape today. I think I found out Knox was hurt. But yeah, I think that Croft definitely earned himself at least an active spot on the roster. <laughs> well, I'd say so. Nonetheless, you come out of nowhere and play a guy that scores two touchdowns. Yeah, regardless. <laughs> But I didn't come on the podcast prior to this because I was skeptical as to what the Rams would uh, would be like versus the Bills. And they were exactly as I suspected. They were a good team. Aaron Donald was good, as you guys, as you and uh, and Zach both said on your pregame. Yeah, he, he did not miss yeah, the bus. Yeah, Aaron Donald was going to be good. And he was. Uh, granted, a face mask or two came in there. Yeah, there there were some there were some calls, and I'm sure I'm sure Zach and I have probably already talked about those in this chat. But yeah, there were some face masks that were just like brutal. There were there were definitely some missed calls. So, where I didn't want to come on before uh, and, and talk about the Rams was the NFL's move to. To push LA and make them a priority, and make them a team to be sought after, and they're not that. They're just not. And so here, here's why I brought you on today, Matt. Is you have a lot more knowledge about the situation than most people in Buffalo, I think, and most people probably in Kansas City who are Bills fans um, are aware of. So I kind of want if you could roll the tape back for us and talk about. Stan Kroenke, kind of his rise to power, and then how he took control of that team, and what was the plan with the Rams all along? So, Randy, I was a fan uh, growing up as a kid. Uh, I watched the Rams win the Super Bowl. Uh, Greatest show on turf, Kurt Warner, uh, Isaac Bruce, Torrey Holt, Marshall Falk, Ricky Prohl. Big Orlando Pace. Just dropping a, dropping a lot of names. I got to grab my... But you know what? If Vince, I, if, Vince Wilkin. I mean, come on. A yeah. kicker. If I watched the Bills win a Super Bowl, I'd be the same way. They, they, were, they were fantastic. I mean, the, the team didn't... 
they lost three games, but it was almost like they tried to lose every time they lost. After that, uh, you know, 2000, they kind of played a little what the hell was going on, lost to the Saints. 2001 rolls around, and they're right back to their same old greatest show on turf, making all the way to the Super Bowl. And I think most football fans would know what happened. I think most Bills fans would know. Most Bill fans would certainly know what happened with their uh, beloved, uh, i call them friendly rival. Yeah, we'll call them the friendly rival. New England Patriots, uh, you know, cheating their way to, uh, to Tom Brady's first ever Super Bowl. And from there on, it just turned into complete hell for the Rams and for San Luis. So now, did Crocky own the team this whole time? Or? So Crocky did not own the team this whole time. Crocky was a partial owner. Uh, in 2001, uh, Crocky became majority owner. It was 2001 or 2002. And right then is... Basically, when every St. Louis Rams fan that was conscious of what was going on knew the Rams were leaving St. Louis. Yeah, because from what it sounds like, and sorry if you hear some cars in the background, we got the windows open. It's a nice night here in Kansas City, but uh, from from what from what I can tell, and from what you've told me, Kroenke made his intentions very well known pretty much from the beginning. <laughs> Uh, yeah, sure. To the NFL. Mm, sure. Crocky's initial press conference to St. Louis and to the NFL and to all of his fellow owners was, I plan on keeping the Rams in St. Louis for a long time. Uh, we plan on building a winner. We plan on being in St. Louis for... Decades, verbatim was was his words there, and uh, you can kind of see that's not what happened. And you know what what's what scares me about that, and I think what a lot of Bills fans don't realize, and what kind of I realized being a friend of yours and living with you now is those are similar words to what the owners of the Bills said when they moved and they bought Buffalo Bills. You know, we, we want to make the Bills a championship team. We look forward to keeping the Bills in Buffalo. Uh, and we all know that the, the rumors have swirled about the Bills moving out of a small market to a bigger market. So my big concern being a small market team fan is always moving. And, I'm you know, it's, it's a little unfair. The NFL always has this little, you know, uh, carrot to dangle over our, our faces of we could always move. Sorry to be a Debbie Downer here after after the win, guys. I I do love I love the Bills and I'm super happy, but I do want to talk some real talk right now about the state of the franchise and kind of an example of what can happen and how fast it can happen. So, what what happened after Kroenke became majority owner there, Matt? Well, after Kroenke became majority owner, I mean you you got to see the worst decade of. NFL football in the history of NFL football. Now, we're Bills fans on this podcast. We've seen lots no, of bad no, no, decades. No, 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 no. Dirty Randy, the history of NFL football. That bad. Record-wise, it was the worst. 
We had one win seasons, two win seasons, one win seasons. Somehow they did not ever surpass the Detroit Lions 0-16 season, but damn, they were close numerous times. You know, Lord knows we've tried. And... You know, they, they ran that and ran that and ran that, and then they drafted a a man by the name of uh, Sam Bradford. Samuel Bradford. Uh, His eyes are just a little too close together. A little too close together. Probably one of the most overpaid quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. I would agree. That, was, that contract was brutal. They had a chance to go away from him with the first overall pick, but they went ahead and took Sam Bradford. And Sam had a good first year. He did. Rams went 8-6. and six. They actually won the division. Eight yeah, and six. eight. And, they would go on eight and eight, eight. And, eight. and they won the division at eight and eight. Won the division at eight and eight. So, who else was in the Rams division that they won at eight well, and eight? Same one you're still seeing right now: Seattle, Arizona, San Francisco. Wow, that was a bad year. All right, Rams. I mean, it's, it's no different than you're seeing in the. Uh, Wait, was that was that the year that the Rams went eight and eight, and they and New Orleans had to go to St. Louis for that? Was that? A, am I thinking wrong here? I can't recall. I know there was a year where, like, either St. Louis was, or I know for sure New Orleans was involved, but maybe one of our listeners can tweet at us at Casey Bills Pod and correct me. But I know that St. Louis was, or I know that New Orleans was involved. It was something about they had a losing record or they had an even record, but they had to travel, uh, even though, or they had a winning record, but the team they were playing had a, had an even record. It sounds from I mean, it happens often. I mean, you look at the NFC East. It happens often now. Oh my gosh, the it NFC, happened, what a nightmare. It, it happens often now. But at the time, the Rams end up winning the division at 500, and they won it on the final day. Sam Bradford, if I'm not mistaken, and I'm, I'm kind of speaking verbatim, I believe won Rookie of the Year that year, too. I believe that. He threw everything that he could on the table to win the division for the Rams. And so you you would think the Rams are moving forward. They're moving in the right spot. And then the next year, it's back to the same old song. Now, now is, this just, the, is this the Jeff Fisher Rams at this point? It eventually does become the Jeff Fisher Rams. And I love that you brought up Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher has been brought up numerous times in other radio shows uh, that I listen to, other... Uh, other entities that I listened to back from home in St. Louis who have talked to Jeff Fisher directly, Jeff has never directly said that Kroenke was going to move the Rams. Has never said it. Never said that off the record. Now, I might be jumping ahead here, but I know that you have told me that a few people have been called to the stand in St. Louis because the city, for those of you who don't know, the city of St. Louis has an open lawsuit against the NFL. And as of how long ago? As of literally last week, the Rams, along with numerous NFL owners, uh, NFL executives, and mostly Rams executives, have been deposed. And they will be brought to the stand... To testify, to testify under, under oath, under oath, um, 
essentially that they, I'm sorry for my words, screwed the city of St. Louis out of a football team. And there is a lot more that goes into this than just that. Uh, one that's always confused me, and I've heard this talked about numerous times. So the, the board was brought in there. All the owners were brought into a room back in 2015. They were, deci- they were there to decide who is going where. Who is going to play in L.A.? Who is going to play in San Diego? Who is going to play in Las Vegas? Who is going to play in St. Louis? The whole verbatim. Who's going to do what? The first vote of all the owners came out 5-2 to two that the Raiders and the Chargers moved to Carson, which is California. It's L.A. That's, I mean, essentially yeah. L.A. The Rams were to stay in San Louis. I find that weird. Five to two. Five to two owners owners vote. I, I, I mean, we're cutting it down. We're, doing, we're throwing the odds there. Five, so, five so to I, two. I'm, I'm saying we five, know there's more owners than that. I was going to say, so five to two yes, would just be yes, like five, the ratio. Yes, yes, five to two ratio vote. They were supposed to vote. Or, or Rams were never supposed and, to vote. And now at that point, uh, for my Bills listeners, Ralph Wilson would have still owned the Bills at this point. And I and I know and, and still believe to this point, Ralph Wilson has always been a staunch comp- proponent of not moving teams. I can't speak to what owners voted what minus one. The only one I can speak to is Lamar Hunt. Owner of the... Kansas City Chiefs. Ah, a team that we're familiar with. And I don't blame him. But Lamar Hunt is the only one that did not want the Rams in the state of Missouri. And that makes sense. As a a Chiefs owner, you want to be the team. It does. It does. You you want all the revenue. You want the whole state. And that's what he took. That's what he took. That's what he gave. But the real proponent of that entire push was Jerry Jones. Because five to two somehow did not make it through. Now, what what year was this that this? This vote was two thousand fifteen. Okay, so this was twenty fifteen. Two thousand fifteen, Darren. Two thousand fifteen, the Rams were supposed so th- to stay. So this was after Jerry Jones had sunk one point three billion dollars into his stadium. This is one point five five if you go by today's dollars. Yes, I'm using Wikipedia for this that. Is this, this is so, okay. Quite a, you know, quite a few years after, Jerry made his billions, made his millions, billions, yada yada yada, mm-hmm. whatever the hell you want to say. But let's face it, Jerry Jones is a face of the NFL with uh, with. The stadium they have down there in Dallas. He's, yeah, it's he's, Jerry World. I mean, you know, he's, he's a big proponent of the NFL. So what Jerry says kind of goes. I mean, you know how good L is. He's yeah, pushed over. You know, hey, here, hey, yeah, hey, I mean, hey Rogers, uh, here's here's fifty. I mean, I've I've <laughs> been to Jerry World and I went down there last year for the Bills Thanksgiving game and it, it is a phenomenal stadium. Uh, although I will say it, it is very corporate and it has lost kind of the charm that makes the NFL the NFL. It does. It does. I mean, so moving on a little bit, what happened after that 5-2 to two vote, uh, they, owners closed the doors. Uh, the owners closed the doors. They had a private vote. 
And I'm speculating here. All right, I do not know anything that happened in this room, obviously. But no, nobody does yeah. until we knew what happened when it came out. To defend Matt here, he, he has listened to a ton of radio in St. Louis, and they have a lot of in- information that we don't have. So A lot of insight that is actually being used in court in right now. The Yeah, in the lawsuit. Yeah. Everything that came out of that room was essentially flipped. There was one owner that voted for the Rams to stay in St. Louis. I don't know who that is. I believe it was Shad Khan out of uh, Jacksonville. Uh, Shad Khan was originally was the one who was fighting uh, Stan Kroenke to buy the Rams back in 2001. Uh, that is why I figure that. I Again, 100% speculation. No clue whatsoever. But all of a sudden, it went from a 5-2 vote to move both the Chargers and the Raiders to L.A. to suddenly move the Rams and the Chargers to L.A. The Raiders situation comes later. That comes later. Moving to L.A. or moving to Las Vegas. I apologize. And it's just, it, it, it comes off as odd. It really does. It comes off as odd. How does you go? How does the vote go from five to two of the Rams not being involved to all of a sudden mm-hmm. they're moving to Los Angeles? Yep. And and. The, at this point, I'm I'm just doing the math here. The the uh, the Pagulas would have been the owners of the Bills. They transferred ownership in 2014, so that means the Pagulas probably were voting. And I can imagine the Pagulas, even if they maybe on principle didn't want to move teams, they would have been the new kids on the block. And I definitely could see them caving to Absolutely. pressure. Absolutely. I mean, and you had you had a couple others that actually had, um, oh. Uh, some of the owners were older, and so you had some step-ins for them to sit there and listen to some of the talks. They send their lawyers in or who have Lawyers, you. Lawyers, spouses, etc. They weren't actually there as the owner. And it makes a big difference. It does. It makes a big, big difference. So from there on, the, the Rams were out of St. Louis. We heard that news in St. Louis, and... Complete and utter shock. Because in the world of Twitter, we saw the 5-2 to two vote. We're like, oh, we're staying. This is awesome. We're staying. We're going to get a new stadium down to the arch front. We're going to build it. You know, rebuild the whole arch front. It's going to be great. We're gone. Just like that. Where this lawsuit comes into play is... The NFL broke their own bylaws, essentially. Uh, The NFL basically made new rules as they were in the middle of voting to say Rams can leave St. Louis. So Rocky can leave St. Louis. So in other words, like that initial vote where they were ruled to not move, they they then closed the doors and said, hey, listen. that, That initial vote, Dirty Randy, was... The vote, and from what I have heard, and again, all speculation, but 
let everybody believe what they want to believe, was Jerry Jones was the pusher to say Kroenke is the one that can fund this stadium by himself. Kroenke is the one that can bring a team to L.A. He's married to he's, – he's in the Waltons. Yep. He has the money. He has billions. For those of you who don't know who the Waltons are, they own Walmart, in case you weren't aware. Stan Kroenke is worth himself $7 billion. His wife is worth around thirteen plus, maybe up to fifty. So he married in the money. He's got the money to do what he wants to do. And I don't. So here's my thing. I don't blame him for moving the Rams. So I do want to. I do want to step back a second and say, the Rams put themselves in a situation where they were allowed to be moved, too. The Rams situation with their stadium, uh, when they initially signed the lease of the Edward Jones Dome, or the Dome as all the St. Louisans call it, um, they were supposed to be within the top 25% of the NFL as far as stadium upkeep. Well, that was back in 1996-97. As the league progressed, obviously more money gets poured in, Things happen. It's harder to keep into that 25%. It's a lot harder to keep in. Especially in St. Louis, which is, you know, St. Louis city-wise is comparable to, I don't know, what what would you compare it to in New York? Uh, Well, (laughs) I mean, You can't compare it to New York. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to compare it Midwest, I guess. St. Louis, St. Louis City has fallen off the map, all things considered. Just to to get an idea here, so the current population of St. Louis proper is 318,000, which... If you compare to Buffalo, I believe we're going to have a little higher. Yeah. So Buffalo is actually almost three times as big, 891,000. So imagine a a city one-third the size of Buffalo. People talk about Buffalo being a small market team. St. Louis is – now that's the metro proper, which St. Louis has a smaller metro. It is. But still being – I mean, I can see where – they would say, okay, this is a smaller market team compared to even Buffalo. Smaller market team, but nonetheless, when the original deal was signed, they basically said, we're going to make this stadium a top 25 arena in the entire league. And, man, those 20 years that they were there caught up on them fast because that stadium, arena, whatever you want to call it, dome, Went down the hill so fast. So the the government of St. Louis made that deal, yeah. Like that was the city 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 council, what have you, of St. Louis made what well, they were in on the deal. I was only let's see at the time I was only seven, so I can't fully speak for the full deal. But I would imagine that's what they were saying. Yes, I mean it was a government deal made. They they pushed the whole thing through. You know, got the arena. You know, got the got the dome made, got the team in. The team even struggled for the first few years, and then you brought in Dick Vermeil. You brought in Trent Green. Trent Green gets hurt. You know, the year that Trent Green came in, 99, You are thinking the Rams are great. That's, that's it. Yeah. Trent Green gets hurt in preseason, and then lo and behold, gets his ACL torn up in the preseason. And some grocery uh, grocery bagger Kurt Warner comes out of nowhere and oh this Kurt Warner guy history's made I 
You know, I mean that 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 2001 Rams Rams team was incredible. That was 2001. No, they're 2000. 99. Was it 99? 99. 99. Well, the Super Bowl was 2000. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it was the 99 team. Yes, they were. They were un. They were unstoppable. They uh, again. I, I said it earlier in the podcast. How how the hell they were ever stopped? How they ever lost a game? I don't know. How they ever lost a game in 2000, I don't know. How they ever lost a game in 2001, I don't know. 2001, though, we can go back to this, and this rests back around to Stan Kroenke. Um, <laughs> and it's, it could be conspiracy. It could not be. I don't know. I've heard multiple Rams players talk about this. But Spygate, 2001, there are multiple Rams players that came out and say they know for a fact that the Patriots videotaped their uh, run through of the Super Bowl. Uh, more, most particularly. No, I, I think that's very common, uh, common knowledge, at least. Yeah, I mean, it is. But more particularly, what do they know? I'm trying to think of the name. I'm blanking on the name of the player right now. Uh, was it allowed, though? Like, did Kroenke allow this? What, at that point, was Kroenke, Kroenke wasn't the majority owner. We can't, so we cannot speculate. Kroenke was not majority owner. We cannot speculate Kroenke had anything to do with this. Nothing to do with it. That I think you'd be speaking out of, out of, out of turn. Okay. This has to do with the NFL and their push. Now... We can again speculate. Did the NFL choose the Rams then to be the team to move back to LA? Now, okay, Maybe. this is this is where we get kind of fast forward to 2020 to the game today. You guys watched this game, and and we're you know we're getting up here 30 minutes an episode, so this is probably going to be its own standalone episode that we released this week, which will be cool. We'll release a twofer for the fans. Yeah. Um, but. You all saw the Bills fans saw this game. Matt and I watched this game. We had how many? We had like seven people over today. Yeah, we tried to keep at, it under ten, least, you know, COVID COVID rules. We were trying to keep it under ten, but uh, we watched it on on Sunday Ticket. That pass or, or the interception, the quote unquote interception, <laughs> had to have been one of the most egregious missed calls or 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 whatever the hell you want to call it calls. That I've seen recently, and you know, I know the stakes weren't as high as say in the Super Bowl or the NFC Championship with the Saints a couple of years ago with the pass interference, uh, no call or call, I forget which it was. That was pretty egregious as well. But this has to be one of the more egregious. We're making this call because we want to bring this. At that point in the game, it was twenty-eight to three Bills. The Bills are they're 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 rolling, and if if they even if they don't make that pass, they're still on plus side of the field. They're still on uh, Rams territory. Probably going to end with at least a field goal on that drive. For the Bills backers on this podcast, I feel this is actually all of sports. I've said this to a friend earlier this week. Uh, I actually made I don't watch the NBA. I made a bet with him that the Boston Celtics would win their series versus, I believe, the Miami Heat down 3-1. And he goes, why? How could you make that bet? Because it's go, good for revenue. Because Lakers are making the, making the final. Why would the NBA not want 
LA and Boston to make the final. Granted, Miami would be a good surplus to that, but but Boston that's definitely just is what it is. They have the history, and it is it is it's not it's not rigged. But let's just say there are some favorable things that go towards other teams, and we saw that today in the Bills Rams game. And I uh, certainly think that regardless of if they lean towards one direction or the other, I think that refs even. Even if it's an unknown bias, they definitely have a bias towards certain calls. You guys even had Mike Pereira on Fox say the calls that were made today on both the interception, if you will, and the sack fumble were both wrong. Yeah, that that sack fumble that you know that's probably going to get less attention, but. Uh, yeah, there was uh, that was that was a if in, in my opinion at least that was at least potentially a face mask, and if not, I think it would have it should have qualified as hands to the neck or face area of a quarterback. It was. It could have been considered a horse collar. It was. It was a penalty, nonetheless. It was a penalty. It was a penalty, nonetheless. Uh, but all that said, wow, Bills came back. Josh Allen let them down the field, and they did what they haven't done in years. 20 years, at least. I mean, that's what impressed me. Years. Just led them down the field, came back, said, you know what? We're not going to let this affect us. Because, let's be honest, the defense gave up. Yes. Well, and I don't know, you know, if it's give up or they were they were t- they were facing a talented offense, but I do I do agree. The defense definitely felt slighted after the that. The defense felt the momentum shift against them and it was noticeable watching. Well, I mean, it was palpable in the room. I mean, obviously you got you listeners were not here, but I mean, Matt can tell you dirty Randy, there was a very quick transition from happy go lucky to I am not going to go home. I'm not going to pet my dog. That's a Doug Marone reference for those of you who are deep Bills fans. But uh, I was definitely a, a sad boy for a little while there uh, until they kind of pulled it out at the end. Dirty Randy got a little pulled pork in him, and he was fine. I did. Oh, we made a great pulled pork. But anyways, yeah, that that was something that the Bills the Bills came back on this game, and I was I could not believe. That they came back. That that's something that Bills teams just haven't done in the past. The, the Bills came back, and not only did they come back, they came back and beat a team that was essentially handed fourteen. We'll say fourteen points, maybe seventeen. I'll agree. Yeah. Uh, again, the the Bills defense did let up a little bit, so we can't say that the Bills were not. No, you can, you can never say that it's and that it was a hundred percent. You know, oh, we, you know, we did. You know, they did this or refs did this. No, the Bills did give up something, but the Bills stuck in there. Josh Allen stuck in there. The offensive line was hurting. Aaron Donald wrecked them all day. Long. Well, I would say second half mostly. First half, I felt like they handled Donald pretty well. Oh, you. Speak however you want to speak. Aaron Donald <laughs> wrecked them all day long. That whole offensive, that whole defensive line of the Rams was in the face of Josh Allen. Josh Allen had to move the ball, had to move out of the pocket numerous times 
A couple times he was under review with his knee down, everything. And somehow they still got it done. They're a good football team, Dirty They're a good football team. And that that's that's kind of what I got from this game. And we'll we'll kind of wrap it up here because we're hitting the thirty minute mark, which is where I like to end around. But yeah, that's that's um that's what I got out of this game is this is a game that Bills would have lost the Bills would have lost this game over the last twenty five years, almost ninety five percent of the time. The momentum shifted. I felt it. I was sitting there going, I've seen this movie before, I'm done. Like I this is over. I was my my girlfriend was here and she was she was getting nervous because I was getting in a mood. Uh, and they, they pulled it out. And this is something I haven't seen the Bills done in, in quite some time, but I did want to, you know, focus on the Rams a little bit here, and I did want to talk about the history behind the Rams moving, and I think that that has, and then it sounds like you kind of agree with me, there, Matt. There's plenty more but, but to I, be said. I think that that has directly led to why the Rams were given those calls. Directly led. And and Matt even said to me at one point during the game, he said, you know, I wish I had record, recorded with you guys last week because I would have said that I think you're going to have to fight not just the Rams, but the refs, because they're going to be giving them calls. And as you brought up before uh, before the podcast, or early in the podcast, you know, ask, ask the Saints from a couple years ago. Look at the, <laughs> the pass interference call that was missed. How do you miss that? That was the Rams, wasn't it? That was the Rams. They I just totally forgot. I had, as a Rams fan, people, I had to root for Tom Brady to win <laughs> his sixth Super Bowl because he was facing the Rams. You hear the desperation. The man, the man that essentially pushed the Rams out of St. Louis, I had to root for him to win his sixth. That just is what it is. That's the NFL to you. Yeah. NFL feels they they do nothing wrong. They kind of just make their way through and, every week, and, and COVID doesn't even affect them. Yeah, and COVID I, doesn't affect. And, you never heard anything about COVID uh, with them. Well, we had one player today tested positive. I forget which uh, team. I was I think it was the Falcons. And you haven't heard anything about nothing it. about it. But. Uh, yeah, I think that'll wrap up our, our section of, of beers and recaps, I guess, for this week. It's not going to be an every week thing, but because it was the Rams and because my roommate, or my landlord in this case, do I owe you rent, by the way? Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, because my landlord is a, is a I w- would you call yourself a Rams fan or a former Rams fan? Former Rams fan. Would you, because you, he, he even used to tell me when we worked together, he's not even an NFL fan really anymore. He, he. Prefers college and uh, dirty Randy. I'll say this: hanging out with you the last few years, you got me into the Bills over everything. I enjoy the Chiefs. It's hard not to enjoy the Chiefs after winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, but it's also hard not to enjoy the Bills after sitting and enjoying and watching football with you. But overall, when it comes down to football, NFL can suck it. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on the podcast, Matt. I'm sure we'll hear more. Um, one of Matt's specialties, we didn't talk about it right now during this episode because we're already running a little long, but one of Matt's specialties is fantasy football, so I'm going to try to get him to come on maybe every other week with a fantasy update. Maybe every week. We'll see. We'll see what we can get from him for a couple of minutes just to see maybe some sleeper picks or some some good picks, although I will say I'm doing better than him in fantasy right now. So anyways, that's it from uh, the KC Bills pod. This is our special episode, our Rams-Bills summary slash 
informative podcast on kind of what went down on St. Louis from an insider's perspective or, or from a St. Louis. A, do you call yourself St. Louisans? St. Louisans. St. Louisans. If, if you will. Okay. From the Bills backers, I'd like to know if you want to know more about the Rams situation. And if and if you would, tweet at us, KC, at KC Bills Pod, uh, or, or message us and just say, yeah, I'd like to know more. I'd prefer you tweet at us. So that gets a little more, you know, traction. But because it'd be nice because I think you know you go and I'm sorry to extend this a little bit longer, Dirty Randy, but you go in Sports Center, things like that. You're not going to hear these kind of insights. You're not going to hear these kind of things because they want those teams there. Agreed, agreed, and 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 I think Bills fans particularly are curious about this because we have always been one of those teams every time they talk about moving a team you mean you're not living on a prayer oh god he brought he brought off bon jovi's we're gonna have to go ahead and uh we're gonna have to go up ahead and end this podcast i will see you folks later i'm gonna go have to beat the shit out of matt thank you so much for joining us and we will see you soon